From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, glaucoma and OCT angiography. Flow index and peripapillary vessel density were also highly correlated with visual field pattern standard deviation, which is a measure of glaucoma severity. First this. If time and money were no object, you'd probably go to a lot of meetings. Not just ASCRS, but ESCRS, APACRS, AAO, Hawaiian Eye, and Winter Update, and you'd learn a ton. But money is an issue, and time an even bigger one. That's why I go to all of those meetings for you. Speak with the presenters you'd like best, and get them to distill their talks down to just a few minutes. You can see all of these interviews at no cost at the iWorld Replay website. Just go to ewreplay.org, E-W-R-E-P-L-A-Y.org, and enjoy. I am very excited about OCTA. In fact, I can't imagine a diagnostic technology about which I'm more enthusiastic. I've spoken with David Wong on several occasions about his research into OCT angiography of the optic nerve head. Today's discussion dealt with David's recent paper on OCT angiography and its relation to glaucoma. David, this is an important paper, both in terms of the diagnostic tools it describes and for what it tells us about the underlying pathophysiology of glaucoma. But because of the nature of OCT angiography, it's a topic that demands a substantial preface. So let's geek out for a couple seconds about OCT angiography and talk about rival technologies. So first of all, how can blood vessels be distinguished from surrounding tissue from OCT data, and what are the methods by which this is done? OCT angiography uses uh, motion as an intrinsic contrast. So uh, we are basically looking at... uh, the speckle pattern from the tissue uh, that changes over successive uh, OCT scans performed at the same place. In my research group, we developed methods to actually uh, look at the speckle pattern at different frequency bands within the, the OCT signal to boost the ability to detect flow. Um, so with, with this technology, you can take a commercial OCT system and get pretty high-quality angiograms over uh, 3-millimeter to uh, 6-millimeter square area. Um, And so basically, we are detecting the flow of the the blood cells within uh, blood vessels. And this technology is sensitive to uh, transverse flow, unlike Doppler-shift-based techniques. And it can measure motion in uh, capillaries down to the capillary level. So you can get very fine vascular network image in a three-dimensional fashion. And the, the implication being that you can't get this sort of um, resolution with, with, with Doppler. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up Doppler. So when we talk about OCT angiography, we sometimes make the distinction, as you're doing, between Doppler-derived data and phase change data. We, we typically think of Doppler in terms of ultrasound Doppler for measuring things like carotid blood flow. 
What are the advantages and, and the disadvantages of Doppler and a phase change methods uh, for identifying uh, retinal vasculature? Doppler is it's actually a great technique for some things. Uh, it captures the axial component of blood flow in a quantitative fashion. So uh, you, axial meaning uh, parallel to the direction of the OCT beam. Uh, so you can get a cross-section, for example, of the large vessels like the, the branch renal veins and arteries and calculate in a volumetric fashion a microliter per minute volumetric flow rate. So it's very quantitative in, in that way. But it kind of uh, falls flat on its face for, uh, for the peripheral retinal circulation <clears throat> outside of the disc because um, it's mostly transverse, per uh, perpendicular to the beam. So, uh, and the velocities are so small that it, it's difficult to measure with Doppler shift. So there, uh, so initially people are doing large vessel in angiography using Doppler technique. But as we try to image finer vascular networks out in, in the macula and uh, uh, you know outside the optic disc, uh, it became apparent that this decorrelation or uh, phase variance or amplitude variance, speckle variance, these variance or decorrelation-based techniques uh, work much better. Now, phase change data has been used to identify vasculature in in the in the sense that um, that the tissues, other than the the uh, red blood cells flowing within the lumen of the vessels, that that that, that the other tissue is static, and by doing serial images you can isolate the tissue that is moving, which is to say the, the, red, the, the red blood cells, and thereby identify the, the vasculature. And this has been used uh, to do OCTA. But one of the disadvantages of phase change up until now has been its inability to assess blood flow, what, what the rate is. New technologies, such as those that you've used here, have been developed to employ phase change methods to assess blood flow. Can I get you to describe what you mean by split-spectrum amplitude decorrelation angiography? So uh, I, I, I was saying before, uh, the newer decorrelation or variance-based techniques are basically uh, looking at the speckle variation produced by blood flow. And that's uh, uh, an interference effect between the blood cells and the uh, adjacent tissue, such as the uh, vessel walls. So light reflected from the blood cells, which is moving, and the vessel wall, which is more static, uh, would produce a, a time-varying uh, speckle pattern that can be detected by OCT, and that speckle pattern is different at different wavelengths or light frequency. And so by uh, splitting the OCT spectrum into uh, spectral bands uh, and calculating that the speckle uh, change and then recombining it, uh, you basically can break up a single OCT image into multiples. Up, up to 11, we found, could be uh, beneficial. So you don't have to scan 11 times um, 
you can just scan one frame and get, well, rather, you, you don't have to scan 22 times. You can scan just two frames uh, at, at a place and get the equivalent information. So you save a lot of time, scan time. So that's the uh, advantage of the split spectrum amplitude decorrelation and geography algorithm. Uh, it's, it's a way to really gain uh, a lot of signal for, for no cost. It's, uh, like, uh, you know, in, in our uh, optical fibers, we can carry hundreds of TV channels on the same optical fiber by splitting the spectrum. Uh, and this, this is along the, a similar way to squeeze more information out of the same beam of light. Um, so it actually is not based, our method is not based on phase change, but based on amplitude change or the, the magnitude of the uh, OCT signal uh, varies as well as the phase. But they're, they're, you know, in terms of speckle, they are closely related and really equivalent information. You could use either phase or uh, amplitude or, or intensity. Um, and we, we chose to use uh, amplitude because uh, it's, it's more stable. Uh, you don't have to compensate for a very the phase change caused by the bulk uh, uh, eye motion. Huh. And is, is the data, are, are the data obtained using a conventional OCT and, and processed by, by special SSADA software? Or, or is there special hardware that's involved in the data acquisition? It's a conventional uh, OCT system. Uh, you know, Fourier domain OCTs are now the standard of, or conventional systems now. And uh, so with this, this technique could be uh, used on both uh, spectrometer-based or spectral domain systems or uh, swept source uh, systems. It's, uh, it's very versatile. Uh, basically, any type of Fourier domain OCT uh, can be signal can be used to produce angiograms, and it doesn't uh, require special hardware. Basically, it's a you know it's a special scan pattern that repeats a, a scan uh, at least two times at the same position, uh, and then the special software to uh, measure the change over successive frames. Prior to your study, was SSADA used to assess blood flow in the context of glaucoma? Uh, so we, uh, we have published a series of paper. Uh, I think this is actually the, the uh, third paper now, uh, looking at uh, SADA. We, we, we pronounce this SADA or SS, for SSADA uh, angiograms. Uh, in the context of glaucoma. Uh, it, the, the first uh, couple of papers were based on its web source OCT system, and we look at the optic disc. And the uh, most recent publication we have look at the, the retina uh, around the, uh, the optic disc, uh, which also carry uh, this diagnostic information. Can I get you to describe the design of, of this study? And, and if you can discuss the, the inclusion criteria and division uh, of patients into normal pre-perimetric and perimetric glaucoma groups. So in this paper, uh, we have uh, uh, 12 glaucoma eyes. 
and 12 uh, normal eyes that were selected uh, to be uh, age-matched. And uh, it's a cross-sectional study where uh, we uh, recruit, uh, enroll these patients on the basis of their, their uh, optic nerve head appearance and uh, visual field. And we also perform uh, OCT and geography scans of the optic disc and the, the surrounding retina. Uh, and we measure the uh, parapapillary um, retinal perfusion using OCT and geography, looking at both uh, uh, flow index and, and vessel density. What were your results? What were your, your findings, David? Well, we found, um, first, of, first of all, that these uh, blood flow uh, parameters could be measured with uh, very good uh, repeatability. Vessel density actually had uh, a reproducibility of 2.7% in terms of coefficient of variation. And that's really amazingly good when you uh, uh, realize that these are actually a measurement of a, a tissue function or, or uh, perfusion. Uh, usually, uh, any type of blood flow measurements are a lot noisier um, compared to uh, uh, Me measurements of structure, such as nerve fiber layer thickness. So uh, we are able to measure vessel density at, to the same level of uh, reproducibility. And um, we found that uh, um, the parapapillary vessel density were significantly lower in the glaucoma eyes compared to those in the normal eyes. And uh, the uh, flow index and uh, parapapillary vessel density were also highly correlated with visual field pattern standard deviation, which is a measure of glaucoma severity. So um, this uh, the blood flow assessment also uh, has a good potential for assessing uh, glaucoma progression because of this high correlation with uh, uh, glaucoma severity. And we also measure the ability to distinguish the normal and glaucoma groups using uh, area under the receiver operating characteristic curve, which summarizes uh, sensitivity and specificity over the whole range of uh, cutoff uh, thresholds. And uh, the best performing parameter was uh, the parapapillary vessel density, which has a, a rock of uh, 0.938, which is uh, very good. So obviously, this is a, a small study, but uh, this is a pr promising technique for uh, diagnosing and following glaucoma that deserve to be studied in a, in a larger uh, sample. You looked at a number of confounding variables, including age, systemic blood pressure, and intraocular pressure. Did any of these have a substantial effect on parapapillary blood flow? No, these uh, did not. Um, and uh, uh, this is a, a small sample, of course, so it, it's hard to detect subtle effects. Uh, but we... we We've had larger uh, studies in which I uh, participated, and we uh, measure blood flow several ways with uh, angiography, 
uh, OCT angiography of the, the retina or the optic disc. Uh, we also look at Doppler uh, measurement of total retinal blood flow. We never found uh, blood pressure uh, or perfusion pressure to be a significant factor. And I think that's because the eye is very well auto-regulated. So over the range of uh, blood pressure that is uh, consistent with good uh, functioning, you know, a walking, talking patient walking in to get an OCT, uh, it's un unlikely uh, for uh, these to be uh, significant factors. Uh, age, on the other hand, uh, uh, we uh, are working with some Chinese group that uh, has re recruited relatively large populations uh, of patients, normal uh, patients uh, with no glaucoma, and they, they have found a small uh, correlation with age that the uh, vessel density and flow index decrease slightly, uh, especially in the older uh, age group. So I. Uh, <clears throat> I think that that is something that needs to be taken into account. But for this small study uh, where we can only detect large effect, uh, obviously glaucoma had a large effect that's detectable. Age having a relatively subtle effect uh, was not a significant factor. This is fascinating stuff, and it suggests an important question, which is which, which here is the chicken and which is the egg? Is it that decreased parapapillary blood flow is the cause or the effect of glaucomatous nerve loss? Well, since we cannot uh, produce interventions uh, like we can in animal uh, experiments in the laboratory, it's really um, impossible to disentangle cause and effect. But based on first principles, I would... Uh, uh, if I had to guess or speculate, I would think that the uh, the re reduction in uh, parapapillary vessel density is probably a effect rather than a cause. Uh, if we're looking at lamina corbosa uh, blood flow, that might have uh, a, a greater probability of being part of the chain of causation. You know, uh, pressure acting the lamina. Uh, obstructing both uh, the blood per perfusion and uh, exoplasmic uh, transport. Um, but I think uh, um, the reduction in, uh, in flow uh, might uh, be able to uh, capture earlier, the damage earlier, uh, you know, if we look at, look at a chain of causation, uh, when the, the nerve fibers or ganglion cells are compromised um, and stop functioning, I think their metabolic demands would be reduced and, and uh, blood flow would be reduced uh, and the measurements and OCT and geography would be reduced. And this might happen before the, uh, the neuron and the axon dies and uh, get lost and become thinner. Uh, so I, I think this has a potential for earlier detection. David, as, as you can probably tell from this conversation and from previous conversations that you and I have had, that I'm, I'm very eager to use this technology in, in my own clinical practice. How close is the technique you used to commercialization? 
the SADA technique is being used on uh, Aptavu's uh, uh, OCT system, the, the Avanti, and uh, uh, they call this software AngelView, it's their version of SADA. And it's uh, uh, available internationally for uh, the past year, and I think people are already using it, mostly for renal applications, but also to look at glaucoma. Uh, so I think it's already available, and uh, I anticipate FDA approval uh, of, of this in the U.S. Uh, in the very near future, in a matter of a month. Um, but to be widely used in glaucoma, these uh, um, uh, parameters, you know, the peripeploid renal vessel density and uh, a flow index have to be made available. Um, and that, that might uh, require additional FDA uh, uh, clinical studies, uh, 510K applications approval. So that, that might take a little bit longer. Uh, Carl Zeiss Meditech also has an OCT angiography product. And that has been recently FDA approved. Um, and so that, that is available in the US uh, uh, right now. I don't know if they are ready to ship the product yet. But again, uh, I think there, there's still additional software development uh, in terms of quantitative parameters that would be needed before it can be easily used in glaucoma. But these all, I think, will happen in the uh, next uh, a few years, uh, and I, I, I would say very small number of years, uh, because if there's no uh, fundamental difficulty in performing these quantification uh, calculations. Uh, the, the, the main uh, uh, time data is really uh, performing clinical studies to validate them and getting FDA approved. David, this is really, really cool stuff. I, I, I want to thank you very much for, for bringing this, this to us, for being so generous with your time with us today. Thank you very much, Josh. David Wang is the Weeks Professor of Ophthalmic Research at the Casey Eye Institute at the Argonne Health and Science University in Portland, Oregon. His paper, Optical Coherence Tomography and Geography of the Peripapillary Retina in Glaucoma, appears in the September 2015 issue of JAMA Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Wang or any of our previous guests or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iWorld.org. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.